You're listening to The Nut, another wrestling podcast. Cowboy shit, cowboy shit, cowboy shit, cowboy shit is what I've been saying all week since last Saturday. Welcome to the Not Another Wrestling Podcast. As you can tell by the intro of this podcast, I am so happy that Hangman Adam Page became AEW World Champion. You know, the small uh, minority of people were saying, ah, you know, hold it off. You know, let Omega go on to to hold up a little bit and, and, you know, wait till All Out next year. He couldn't, man. He just couldn't. The time was now. The time was to pull the trigger now for Hangman Adam Page to win the championship. We'll get into Hangman Page. I'll, we'll go into a bit of a review into uh, full gear that I had over the week, uh, well, that we had last weekend. Won't go too extensively. I'll just talk about some of the things I liked, uh, some of the things that happened, uh, just because uh, obviously the pay-per-view happened uh, almost exactly a week ago tomorrow. So, uh, yeah, a lot happened on uh, AEW uh, Full Gear. Just going to go for a, over a couple things. First and foremost, Hangman Page is the world, is the world champion. And um, this is something that a lot of us were... We wanted. So many fans wanted this. Uh, we, we got it. It was such a... It was a great match. Overall, the card from top to bottom was a lot of fun. Um, was it better than All Out? I don't think so, but this storyline that they did, understand that this, what, what AEW have done from the very inception of the company is that they, from Hangman Page's day one, standing on that stage in Jacksonville with that media event, he said, I want to become the world champion. I want to become AEW World Champion. That is exactly what he did. It was taking the failures of losing to Chris Jericho and, you know, trying to separate himself from the elite, going on a drinking binge, him and Kenny Omega being paired up as a tag team and then end up being pretty good tag team while Hangman's trying to leave the elite. You know, they have that amazing tag match, Omega and the Bucks, for, uh, Omega and Page versus the Bucks at Revolution. Uh, one of my favorite AEW matches, maybe probably still my favorite to this day. Uh, you know, where at the time Hangman was, it was thought maybe he'd turn heel, but he was too loved by the fans at that point. You know, leaving the elite, you know, costing Nat and Nick a shot at the tag titles, losing the tag titles with Kenny, losing to Kenny Omega at Full Gear last year, and just. All the failures that he had, it just every loss meant something. His character changed, and he learned something from all his losses. And then where he's finally motivated, and he finally overcame the adversity and beat Kenny Omega in one of the best in one of the best storyline payoffs in such a long time. And just as wrestling fans, you know, we're so jaded, and we've dealt with such shitty storylines for so long. And this, it's just nice to see something pay off and actually. Be happy about it. So, Hangman Page versus Kenny Omega was a hell of a match. I loved every second of it. Um, 
And congratulations to Hangman Page for winning the title. We're going to go more into AEW uh, Dynamite in a few minutes. Uh, I just want to go over uh, to say my my real positive, my highest positive about the show. Now I'm going to do a bit of a rant, okay? Now, I want you all to know, for wherever you're listening, whether you be in the U.S., the U.K., or wherever you are, if you do not have to watch an AEW pay-per-view on Bleacher Report Live, don't fucking do it. For those of you who may not be aware, for the people who had to watch this pay-per-view on on Bleacher Report Live like I did, I had to sit, I sat through the first hour of this show with choppy audio, with frozen pictures and video. It was horrible. I missed MJF versus Darby Allin, Lucha Bros versus FTR, and Miro, and Miro versus Brian Danielson. I missed those first three matches. I saw them on my TV, but they just kept, they, they, it wasn't sinking. So it was fucking awful. I was trying to call Bleacher Report. I'm like, I want my fucking money back. Email them. Like everybody on Twitter who got Bleacher Report live was having this problem. And it wasn't until like an hour later where I find the solution because I'm watching through a fire stick on my TV. Someone on Twitter, which I'm going to try and find his name here and give the, the props to him, uh, said that if you have an audio, if you have a laptop and if you have an HDMI cable, uh, do that and plug into and plug that way. Uh, it's it's a lot. It's so much better than having to watch it this way. Props to you, my dude. Uh, and I'm gonna try and find it, the tweet here. I don't think. Uh, yeah, you are a lifesaver, my dude. Right here, saying at Tony Mac ninety nine at Tony Mac ninety nine. You, my friend, you are a fucking light lifesaver. Cause had I not figured that out, I probably would have been really pissed and really fucking. Trying to get my money back. And Bleacher Report, those cocksuckers still didn't give my money back. And I'm really pissed off about it. So if you don't have to watch an AEW pay-per-view on Bleacher Report Live, don't fucking do it. I can't stand it. It was one of the most obnoxiously, one of the most horrible, awful experiences I've had watching a wrestling pay-per-view. And the show was really good because I had to I had to do the replay. And AEW is really cracking down on not having these pay-per-views and Dynamite up on uh, television the next day uh, on YouTube. Well, sorry, on YouTube, I should say the next day. I used to be able to do that with Dynamite because I don't get to watch Dynamite live because I do my uh, Marvel Star Wars podcast fan speculation on Wednesday nights. And I, rec- and I record then with my buddy Benny Carini, my co-host. So I can't watch Dynamite live. It sucks because sometimes the TNT app on my TV can't be working. And it sucks the Bleach Report live. It was still fucking being all short, short and shit. That's my rant. Don't fucking AEW needs to end this partnership with BR Live. I don't know why Fight TV, like us in the in the in the United States, why can't we watch the pay per views on Fight TV instead of the replay the next day? It's ridiculous. So I'll go through some of my highlights of Full Gear. Uh, MJF and Darby Allen might have had match of the night from an in ring standpoint. Uh, it, it was really it was so much better than I expected it to be. Not to say this match wasn't going to be good, but it from an in ring standpoint probably was the best match. A lot of fun. Lucha Bros and Ray Phoenix versus FTR was a lot. It was a great match. Uh, apparently Dax Harwood got legit knocked down, knocked out by Ray Phoenix, and uh, apparently Phoenix worked stiff. And there was some some heat on Ray Phoenix for not checking on Dax Harwood the next day just to see how he was doing, which is apparently the normal thing you do. 
uh, you know, some guy, you know, if, if a guy gets knocked down, if he gets hurt in the match, you know, you call him the next day, make sure he's all right. And apparently Phoenix didn't do that. And it's not that it, there's like people hate him or anything, or it's like really, really bad. It's just like people are kind of disappointed in Phoenix. Um, the match was, it kind of made sense because Dax was supposed to f- still finish up the match. And uh, towards the end, it was really bothering him. So that's why they went with the finish what they did. I'm like, why? Because Dash Wheeler was the, uh, uh, Cash Wheeler, I should say, was the illegal man. But that was a fun match. Miro versus Miro versus D- Brian Danielson was good. Well, not as good as I was expecting it to be. Uh, Jurassic Express and Christian Cage versus uh, the Super Click was fucking awesome. Loved it. It was just a lot of car crash stuff. I mean, my favorite moment was definitely Luchasaurus doing a, uh, a standing moonsault onto everybody and Jungle Boy just going, holy shit. And everyone's like, yeah, holy shit, dude. Uh, t- uh, Ty Conti versus Britt Baker was a fun match, decent match. Uh, kind of finished like right when it could have gotten a lot better but we had the uh the sh- we had a uh, CM Punk versus Eddie Kingston next uh which I didn't realize this that match was only 11 minutes 11 minutes and it went by so fast it, not by so fast it, it felt longer than 11 minutes but it was such a fun match I loved it so much uh this definitely felt like Punk's real first feud in AEW. I want to see these guys wrestle again, but obviously that's they're moving on to other other uh, other opponents as we'll get into the Dynamite review in a little bit. Um, love this match. Loved it so much. And the crowd was kind of booing Punk a little bit, and I hope they kind of dive into that. Uh, just the, the match overall was so much fun. Maybe personally my favorite match, maybe. I think it's like, it's like that, between that and Hangman and Omega, and then... Uh, uh, Darb, it's 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 funny because I have a tie between Hangman Omega and then Punk and Kingston, and then a tie between Darby and MJF and Jurassic Express and the uh, Christian Cage versus the uh, the Super Click. Fun match, really really good. Uh, we definitely want to see these guys lock up again. I, I love how the beginning of this match started. It was just b- the bell before the bell rang. Kingston just got a cheap uh, backhanded fist on Punk, and Punk's you know you know uh, I think it was. Uh, uh, Bryce Remsburg was referee and he was checking on him and he's just like <laughs> sticking up the finger and then they just went they went at each other they went for the bell uh, really really fun definitely want to see these guys lock up again uh, Inner Circle versus uh, American Top Team was a fun was a fun night a fun match uh, they use a lot of weapons that were uh, used in Minnesota I mean I I guess invented in Minnesota I was very surprised to see like just regular tagging in this match. Um, Fine. Uh, uh, it was a good match. The, the The match ended with uh, Chris Jericho hitting a Three Amigos and a Frog Splash because that night was the anniversary of Eddie Guerrero's death. Uh, the Lucha Bros also had a uh, uh, Three Three Amigos uh, suplexes with a Frog Splash, but that didn't win the match. Ordinarily, ordinarily, and, and Jericho said this himself: we shouldn't really have too much of the same thing in the match. You know, like, or in the show, you know, like if one group is doing one thing, another group is doing another. Like, I think, um, I think the night, the night that Will Hobbs joined Team Taz, I think Dark Order may have gotten another another member. Something happened along the same lines where, like, the same thing pretty much happened, where uh, someone turned heel and joined a faction, and Jericho said you shouldn't really have that, and you kind of had the same thing here. But considering it was the anniversary of Eddie Guerrero's death, and I'm sure Eddie Guerrero had a big influence on Ray Phoenix and. Uh, and uh, and Pentagon, and then obviously Eddie Guerrero and Chris Jericho were two of the best of friends. So it was, I think it was okay for that night. A lot of Eddie chants going on, 
And before the main event, uh, Tony Schiavone announced that Jay Lethal has signed with AEW. And I love this because I'm a huge fan of Jay Lethal. I loved his stuff in ROH. I uh, saw him in a bunch of different ROH events. Uh, I believe the first match I ever saw him live at an ROH event was Final Battle 2017. Uh, him versus Marty Skrull. Uh, really fun match, really good match. Uh, and then I believe he faced... The next one, I, I don't think he was at the next one I went to, but I know I remember him him and Cody locking up for the world title in Final Battle 2018, and then he was in a triple threat match between himself, Matt Taven, and Marty Skrull for the ROH world title in a ladder match at Madison Square Garden with the uh, G1 Supercard, where Jay Lethal almost killed a guy. Uh, Jay Lethal like threw a ladder, and I think he was trying to get Taven or Skrull off the ladder. Uh, but turn, he threw it so hard that it almost hit somebody in the front row. And uh, Joe Coff, I believe the... Um, the uh, the head of ROH had to go to the fan being like, please don't sue us, please don't sue us, please don't sue us. Uh, all kidding aside, uh, I'm I'm very much looking forward to Jay Lethal. He's a guy who should have really gotten a uh, a proper shout and a proper uh, stage, big stage like this a long time ago. But I'm happy to see where he is now. Main event, we talked about it, amazing show. I love that you know Dark Order came out to lift Hangman on his shoulders, and when they all came out, Alex Reynolds had a, Reynolds had a beer for Hangman. Grabbed the beer, threw it down, and went for a big hug. And Dark Order, uh, carrying Hangman on their on his shoulders, was the closer of the night. Uh, a lot of fun. I love this so much. Full Gear was such a great show. Uh, really, really, really great. And um, yeah, I'm just looking forward to it. We're getting to uh, AEW Dynamite that happened this past week. Uh, a lot to say about this one, guys. So, um, so we kicked things off with the Elite. Uh, with a backstage promo with Kenny Omega, Adam Cole, and the Young Bucks, and uh, Omega says that he needs time to to recuperate and step away. While he didn't watch the, he doesn't watch the match back, which is a fun little thing of oh, then he didn't see the Young Bucks choose Hangman over Kenny to allow. That's the other thing I loved about that match is that the storytelling in that match as well, where Hangman apologized to the Bucks on Rampage last Friday. And then he says, but if you get in my way, I will hurt you. I will I will end you. And the Bucks came down. Nick looked like he wanted to interfere, but he didn't. Matt looked like he wanted to interfere, but instead he just nodded his head at Hangman. And uh, I just love the bit of storytelling in that match. Uh, real quickly, forgot to mention that. So Kenny doesn't know that in a kayfabe sense. And he says that he needs to go away for a while and he needs you guys to... And he says to the, you know, to the guys, you know, I need you to hold down uh, the fort for a while and... Adam Cole just steps right in like, hey, cleaner, no problem, man. I got this. And then Omega's like, you know, no no offense or anything, Adam, but I, I was talking to the Bucks. And then kind of awkward, like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's like, a, anyway, it's like, we, we, we got this, Kenny. We, we got this. Like, yes. Yeah, so, so they're already teasing the long-term story to get that Kenny Omega versus Adam Cole match that we never got in New Japan or Ring of Honor. I'm so glad we're going to get it in the future now. I'd say give it like sometime next year. We're going to get it. Um, and when we got to Dynamite this past week, it was National Cowboy Shit Day, uh, dubbed by Hangman Adam Page himself. And we had a celebration with the Dark Order in the ring where uh, they came out and Hangman Page came out to the ring when they were in Virginia, his home state, where he, you know, the crowd started chanting, you deserve it. Uh, and he's like, oh, no, 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 I didn't deserve it. I earned it, and then you, they started, you earned it, you earned it, chance started happening, uh, it was a lot of, you know, he was saying how he, you know, he's like, I 
long time ago, I said that I wanted to perform well for my boss. And I said my boss is you guys, the fans. So if, I, if you don't mind, I'd like to talk to, my, talk to my boss about what I'd like to do as AEW World Champion. And my focus is on next is on Brian Danielson. Out comes Brian Danielson. This this was shocking to say to see what happens next. But Brian Danielson turned heel. I was kind of going back and forth with this. Sean had texted me on Wednesday night and he's telling me the things are going on in Dynamite. I'm like, dude, I'm in the middle of my other podcast. I'm I'm not I'm not watching Dynamite. He's like, ah, oh, my bad. And at first he said, Danielson's teasing a heel turn hard right now. So I guess the segment had started. But then I texted him the next morning after that. I'm just like, yeah, from what I saw, he actually turned heel. He's like, oh, yeah, no, it just started when I when I was texting you. By the end of him, like, oh, no, he turned heel. So so Brian Danielson turned heel on Wednesday night. Um, you know, he, he had said things, you know, that, uh, that he was surprised. That he congratulated Hangman. But he was surprised and also disappointed that it's not Kenny Omega for their rematch. And, you know, the crowd is white hot for Hangman I have here that, you know, Daniel says that Danielson says that cowboy shit doesn't involve wrestling and that when he won the title at WrestleMania, he wrestled the next day. He said, I'm ready out here in my gear. You're not dressed to wrestle. Everyone told me that Hangman had a long list of excuses to why he's a failure. I don't want an excuse to that you're not ready. And the crowd was just booing him. I'm like, man, like he's really being a dick. He's really being a dick, and I'm kind of liking it, you know. And he says he, and you know, Hangman was trying to get him. He's like, you know, Virgi- he goes, Virginia's for lovers. Well, that doesn't mean I'm not ready to fight. And they're trying to go go at it. And Brian Danielson's like, you know, you know, don't let your don't let your little friends stop us. They don't want you to fight. And Paige comes in, and they're beating the shit out of each other. Uh, you know. I have to say, like, if this indeed was a heel turn, because some people don't think he did. If this indeed was a full-blown heel turn, Tony Khan's a fucking genius. Or whoever had this idea to to have him turn heel was a fucking genius to do it here in Virginia. Because the crowd was so in love with Hangman Page. And to a general audience, you know, a lot of people might be like, oh, well, fuck Brian Danielson, then let's let's boo him. You know, he's, he's a heel now. Um... Obviously not fucked Byron Danielson. Brian Danielson is one of the best wrestlers in the world. He's, he's fucking amazing. Um, so it, it's very interesting to see. And I think the reason for it, considering if Kenny's going to be away for a while and if he's not going to, you know, if he's not going to be in the picture, uh, the title, you know, the wherever his direction of his character is going, it's smart to put Danielson in this position. I don't. I didn't. Nec- I don't necessarily think we needed Brian to be heel in this, but I'm enjoying it. I mean, the only other top heel that I could see be in that position right now, if we pull up the AW roster, I mean, one is MJF already. Uh, you know, we'll we'll look up and down here, but I'm. I'll look up and down here the roster. You know, Adam Cole is a heel, but I don't think they're win- they're not going to want to put Cole in that that spot. Andrade, he's a heel, but he's not in the whole mix with thing. Danielson being a heel makes sense. Jericho's babyface. Uh, Cody, he said he would never challenge for the world title. CM Punk is still a babyface at the moment. Uh, we, you know, and a lot of the, Moxley's out right now. Omega's out right now. Uh, MJF is preoccupied with CM Punk at the moment. Malachi Black is not up there as a top heel at the moment. Miro is kind of in there, but he lost. Uh, Pax is a babyface. Uh, so, yeah, I'm looking up and down the roster, and really. 
it makes a hell of a lot of sense to have Danielson be a heel right now. Because I'm looking up and down this roster, and really, he's the one. I mean, they kind of needed to turn him heel, honestly, the way I see it. He needed to turn heel because what were they going to do after the fact? So I like this. You know, he had a match with Evil Uno afterwards. There's another hard hitting, fun Brian Danielson match. Uh, I love that he uh, gave Arby Edwards, I got, I got till five in the match. Um, you know, uh, Brian, uh, the commentary was playing up how Brian's matches are getting more and more impressive, uh, more competitive each week. Uh, and that after he won, Tony Schiavone came up to him and, uh, you know, he said that he will go through every member, kick every member of the dark orders head or dark orders heads in until hangman page is ready to have a match with him where, um, it's interesting to see, you know, he's like, we're in Chicago next week, and one of the Dark Order members is in Chicago, so Cole Cabana, I'll see you next week. One interesting thing about Danielson is that his character hasn't necessarily changed, I don't think. Because let's just take this from the beginning. Sure, we were all cheering for Danielson, he's a babyface. But he's never really changed as far as a character standpoint. He's kind of always been the same guy. He's run down people, like... He's run down Kenny Omega a similar way to get his to get his way so he can be so he can get the the match at uh in Queens, and he's kind of doing the same thing. It's just the crowd is just white hot for Hangman for the Virginia crowd. It's Hangman's home state, but I think crowds all over the country, AEW crowds all over the country are are big fans of Hangman Page. So I think this is a brilliant decision to turn him heel because honestly, the company needs it right now. Danielson as the top heel is a great prospect. And doing the math here, uh, looking at the the weeks in the calendar, so next week would be Evil Uno, which would be Wednesday the 24th, the day before Thanksgiving. And then we have, you know, the first. Let's say that's Alex Reynolds. The eighth, let's say John Silver. Uh, the, the 15th, uh, 10. The 22nd, Alan Angels. The 29th, uh, Stu Grayson. And so that's all the male competitors of the Dark Order. And then... You have December 5th, which is the first episode on TBS for AEW Dynamite, where that's got to be where the title match happens. This just gives Danielson enough time. He wants to face every member of the Dark Order until he gets his title match. So just prolonging it to that big show makes perfect sense, Um, which... It's a lot of fun. I will be going to that show. Me and Sean will be going to that show. It's going to be a lot of fucking fun. Uh, I, I, Because the one thing about that show is that we were supposed to get the Blood and Guts, the first Blood and Guts match between Inner Circle and the Elite. And every time, he, Sean was just texting me to just earlier tonight about how, you know, and I'll, and I'll read the text right here. He's saying to me, uh, you know, we're just talking about what could happen in the thing. You know, it's maybe like possibly MJF and Punk at that show, if not Revolution. Uh, and, and I was saying, like, eh, I'd say Revolution more likely, but they could put it on the TBS debut. And Sean goes, yeah, I feel like you need to have the show in between now and then. That's a big deal, and I figured this first show on TBS would do that. And then he said to me, I feel like that maybe could you could have, like, a 8-10 to 10 guy match, an extreme match, a match with a cage. They could go in a war, or they could have a ring, too, something just like, and he saved... These uh, the the promo the promo from the Prudential Center from the original Blood and Guts the promo they played when Revolution happened like I'm like you gotta fucking stop with that video dude he's like I'm not gonna stop until we get what we were promised I'm like fucking COVID happened we got the show back <laughs> it's 
Uh, but overall, and it, with my little bullshit to Sean, uh, you know, I, I think this this show is going to be gearing up to. Uh, it'll, I'm thinking it'll be a lot more fun than the uh, the original show that we had. This will be feel like more of a of a big pay per view style show. Um, I think Hangman Page versus Brian Danielson is for sure going to happen to the show. I don't think Page will lose, but I think uh, it'll be a nice notch under Page's belt. He beat Omega, and now he beat Danielson. You know, he beat two of the best wrestlers in the world, and that should put him up in contention. Uh, I'm loving this stuff with Omega and sorry with uh, Danielson and, and Page right now. So we had uh, Eddie Kingston. Uh, sorry, we had uh, MJF cutting a fiery promo uh, about how you know he, that he is that he tells everyone that you can't deny that he's the best, one of the best professional wrestlers in the world. He's the past, present, and future of AEW of professional wrestling. That he is, uh, you know that. He's like, you know, I got your stupid little Mark chance too, but that doesn't mean anything to you. And now there's no denying that I am better than you, and you know it. Along the lowest lines of the promo. Uh, fiery promo from MJF. Uh, again, the match between him and Darby was so, so good and so fucking... I enjoyed every second of it. And I saw a lot of people complaining about the finish. Let me tell you something about that finish. MJF's a heel! It's supposed to be a deflating finish. It's supposed to be, you know, that Darby and MGF, oh, they're having this great back and forth. Blah, 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 blah. It's supposed to be that way. You're supposed to get disappointed in the finish because MJF is a heel. The match was excellent from start to finish. And honestly, I love the finish. I did because, again, he's a heel. You're supposed to feel bad. You're supposed to feel shitty. And you're supposed to hate him. That's why it didn't work out. That's why a lot of people didn't like it. It's a real fucking... It's wrestling. It's fucking wrestling. You're getting worked. Come on. You goddamn marks. <laughs> um, we had uh, Eddie Kingston about to have an interview segment with Tony Schiavone, but then 2.0 and Daniel Garcia interrupt, and, and Eddie Kingston gets pissed off, and he wants Daniel Garcia, and he wants to fight Daniel Garcia because 2.0 was saying, you know, our son here... He lasted longer than you did with CM Punk, and he's like, "You think that's you think that's funny? You like that? The two grown men are calling you their son. Now you pissed me off. Come on!" And then they start fighting. He's like, "One interview segment. Can one interview segment go right for me? I'm going to catering. <laughs> Just fucks off." Um, to uh, Orange Cassidy and Tomohiro Ishii from New Japan Pro Wrestling at a tag match against the Butcher and the Blade and. As much as I am, I just I'm so over this Matt Hardy Orange Cassidy feud. Uh, I really, um, I really am. Uh, I really did enjoy this match and almost forgot about their feud. But then I saw Matt Hardy and I was like, oh fuck. Not that I don't like Cassidy and I don't like uh, Matt Hardy. I anybody should know who's listening to this podcast. I fucking love Matt Hardy. I love the Hardy Boys. I love Broken Matt Hardy. But enough is enough. We we need to move on from this fucking feud. Tomohiro Ishii looked awesome in this match i loved it i think i think in my personal opinion i think tomohiro ishii is one of the most underrated wrestlers i mean if you're not like a hardcore wrestling fan you're not going to know how good this guy is so that's why i think he's an underrated professional wrestler you know he's had banger of fucking matches like with john moxley the g1 a couple you know from a few years back uh, he had a, an amazing match with Keith Lee at an indie show, uh, and I can't remember the company, but I know him and he, uh, Keith Lee had a great match. You know, hey, you know him and Okada have had great matches. Uh, you know, Ishii is just like he's a gem, and I would love for him to win the world title in New Japan one day, but I just don't think it's going to happen. 
the second I saw, like I'm seeing Ishii work in the ma- in the in the uh, in the match, I'm like, I need Ishii versus Miro. Like we need to build build to an Ishii versus Miro match in the future. If we can do that at Revolution or at the January 5th show, that would be fucking awesome. Uh, Miro was nowhere to be seen on this show, so who knows what's going to happen there. Um, commentary have been, uh, they've been really playing up, uh, they've mentioned Okada a lot, you know, because now that Cass- Cassidy is in chaos now. Uh, I want us to make sure I get the uh, the right members here. I think uh, everybody who was there was in chaos, uh, you know. Uh, Orange Cassidy joined Chaos just a couple weeks ago on Dynamite. Um, so the members of Chaos that we have here, going to Wikipedia, blah, 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 blah. we have Orange Cassidy, Robbie Eagles, Hiroki Goto, Tomohiro Ishii, Mikey Nicholas. Um, oh, he was the he's the former uh, he was that guy in NXT. I'm trying to remember uh, Nick Miller, the former Nick Miller. Uh, Kasuchika Okada, the leader, Rocky Romero, uh, Chris Statlander is also now in chaos. Good for her. Chuck Taylor, Trent Beretta, or Trent, as I say, uh, Yano, already, uh, Yoshihashi, and Wheeler Yuta. Uh, yeah, so pretty much the best friends joined, uh, they, they, they joined, uh, uh, chaos. Um, which, because Taylor and Trent were already in chaos, but I guess they rejoined the group. They were in chaos in New Japan Pro Wrestling. Um, I'm, I'm down for it. I like it. I'm into this. Uh, how this is going to work out for Chris Statlander, considering you know there really isn't much of a women's division in New Japan Pro Wrestling. I think it's Stardom. If I think if if I know correctly, I think that the company that owns New Japan owns Stardom as well. Uh, I'm not particularly sure, but. They keep mentioning Okada, and Okada's name keeps coming up, and I feel like eventually we're going to be building to something with Okada. You know, could we be building to a Kenny Omega versus Kazuchika Okada match? Uh, maybe? I mean, Okada was in the States over the weekend, and they, uh, from what I understand, they did announce that he that uh, Okada defeated Buddy Matthews, the the now former Buddy Murphy, and after the match, Will Ospreay came out and he declared that he wants to challenge the winner of Okada versus Shingo Takagi for the IWGP title at Wrestle Kingdom in Night Two. Um, I'm all for this. Uh, so that's apparently what they're doing with the direction New Japan switching over to there real quickly, um, because uh, you know. Okada, instead of having that briefcase for winning the G1, he's carrying around the old IWGP title, and he beat he beat Ibushi in the uh, in the G1 climax, and this is really really good. I like this. Um, I don't know who would win. Uh, I would assume that it's gonna be Shingo beating Okada, and then we get the 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 rematch of. Osprey and Shingo, but either one would do because they're doing two nights from New Japan. Just real quickly with that, um, and Osprey keeps saying that he's going to be leaving the show with three IWGP title belts, and I hope he does because Osprey is one of the best fucking wrestlers in the world. Going back over to AEW, uh, we go over to MJF's promo. Uh, he is saying, "Where am I going with this? I'm fucking missing it." Um, no, we have to go to, uh, Nyla Rose and Karo Shida. This is a fun, decent match. Uh, what I loved about this is that, uh, there was a shut up Vicky, Vicky chant. Nyla Rose, she hit a rolling senton to try and hit Karo Shida while she was sitting on the chair where 
Nyla Rose crushed the chair. Serena Deeb came. Serena Deeb came in and attacked uh, Hikaru Shida, costing her the ma- pretty much costing her the match because she really couldn't do much afterwards. Uh, and then she moves on into the tournament. MJF uh, comes out with Wardlow and Sean Spears. He tries to get Sean Spears to get the crowd to shut up. He's like, "Hey, buddy, you cry. You cried. You tried. It's all right." And he, uh, so he comes out. And he says that he is the past, present, and future of professional wrestling. He will not. He will be the bidding. Pro, uh, he will. He will be the hot prize of the bidding war in 2024. Says he deserves to be AEW champion, and no one is on his level. I love what Excalibur says. Like, yeah, deserves to be says he deserves to be champion, but he wrestles like three times a year. I love that so much. Uh, and then out comes CM Punk. The crowd is fucking going nuts for this. I was too myself. I'm like, yes, 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 yes. Let's fucking go. CM Punk versus NJF. Um, if we don't, if I don't get a, uh, uh, I don't know, a uh, a match between Punk and MJF at the January first show, probably you can save it for Revolution. I would say uh, a promo segment would, would suffice because I, these two are two of the best on the mic right now. Um, you know, everyone's going, holy shit, holy shit. And I'm just like, all right, all right, all right. And then shut the fuck up. And he pulls out his hand and says, I'm Maxwell. And CM Punk just looks at him, smirks, and then walks away laughing. And MJF is pissed. This is just clever mind games, and this is just this is just going to be the start of something so good, and I I cannot wait for it. MJF is one of the top feuds I think people have been waiting for for, for CM Punk. Now now I think CM Punk can finally start to get we can finally sink our teeth and stuff from CM Punk. Like for me, it was that Eddie Kingston stuff. Uh, you know, I, I had my good buddy Joe Stanziali on the podcast a couple weeks ago at the State of the Wrestling Business Part 2, uh, where we did an episode on that a couple years ago. Uh, you know, we were talking about Punk saying, you know, we love Punk, but, you know, when is he stop going to be like, you know, insert town here? And like, I love you guys. Like, now we can start to get into some really good stuff with him. Because Punk's proven that even, I think we all, we all have Punk as a heel, but even Punk as a babyface can do much better work than that. So... I'm excited for this. I cannot wait for this. Uh, Dante Martin and Leo Rush had a fun tag team match against the Acclaimed, uh, where, excuse me, uh, you know, uh, Team Taz tried to recruit them, and they said, hey, come on, come and join Team Taz. Look at all the success Powerhouse Hobbs have had. Yeah, like, you know, yeah, he's had success. And then have you have Ricky Starks having a title of that? AEW doesn't really care about. <laughs> um, I don't know where the story is going, but it's nice to see that Dante Martin is wanted and he's really being utilized and people want him to, you know, they want him to succeed because the kid is only 20, 21 years old and he's going to be, he's going to go far, man. You know, we talk about Sammy Guevara and MJF and Darby Allen, Jungle Boy, but we forget about Dante Martin sometimes, you know? That kid is going to be an AEW champion in the next fucking, you know, five, six years. He is, he is so good, that kid. And I can't wait to see what happens more with him. I'm just, I, I'm just not really crazy about him feuding with Team Taz. Um, so that happened there. Uh, the Young Bucks said that, uh, you know, they are not, you know, they're not clear to wrestle and they, they still want Jurassic Express. So Adam Cole and Bobby Fish are going uh, versus Jurassic Express has been made official, and 
Bobby saying, you know, you tried to beat us down last week. Well, you're not going to do that. You, Adam Cole and I, blah, blah, blah. You don't remember what he's saying. It's like, and that is on. And he tries to say, and that is undisputed. But Matt's like, I, you can't say that here. We're going to kick your, whatever it is. And they shut the camera off. Uh, again, I, <laughs> I'm really, really hoping this is leading to an undisputed era versus uh, elite, uh, you know, elite feud down the line, you know, where we get Fish, O'Reilly, and Cole versus the Bucks and Kenny. Oh, man, I cannot wait. Kyle O'Reilly, don't re-sign with WWE. Honestly, like, I'm really hoping that this is where this is going. I don't think they would start planting the seeds for this if they didn't think Kyle O'Reilly was going to resign. That's what I, I personally think. I personally think so. Um, and then we had what was announced for next week's Dynamite. We're having uh, Danielson versus Colt Cabana, Powerhouse Hobbs versus Leo Rush, Thunder Rosa and Jamie Hayter in the TBS title tournament, uh, Death Triangle and Cody Rhodes versus, Rhodes versus Malachi Black, Andrade, Elidolo, and FTR. Uh, controversial opinion here. FTR, Andrade, Elidolo, and Malachi Black over the pinnacle. Yep, that's right. I said it, and I believe I said it last week. I just like the presentation of that group better than I do with the pinnacle because the pinnacle has not done much for me, but we'll wait and see. Uh, Let's see how much Cody gets booed next week in Chicago. Oh, yeah, that's right. (laughs) They're in Chicago, the hottest wrestling town ever and Cody Rhodes is gonna be oh they're gonna boo the shit out of him, oh they're gonna boo, they're gonna boo the ever living shit out of Cody and I can't wait to see it. Oh man, don't get me wrong, I like Cody, I do, but it's this is funny to watch, man. Um, and then the main event saw Sammy Guevara defending the TNT Championship against Jay Lethal. Uh, really fun match. I love this match. Uh, again, I'm so happy for Jay Lethal being in AEW. Um, you know they were having them. They I was saying I put in my notes here that uh, you know having Sammy in the main event of the show with a guy like Jay Lethal means they definitely have big plans for in the future and hopefully they can put a big spotlight and focus on him as the TNT champion. He's kind of had to go in the back burner just a little bit because of this uh, this inner circle feud. You know I like that you know Jericho a while ago he pitched for the inner circle to break up, but Tony Khan said no, you guys don't have to break up. You guys can all do your own thing without ha- actually having to be together. And that's true. I mean, it happens in New Japan all the time. Not all the guys in the New Japan factions are together all the time. You can kind of, you know, go off and do your own thing and then come back together when you need to. Um, One of the best spots, you know, Sammy and uh, Jay Lethal were having a great back-and-forth exchange at the very beginning of the match, having great great chemistry right off the bat. Uh, Sammy tried hitting a swanton bomb off the top rope onto the uh, table by the ring, uh, by the... By the bellkeeper and Justin Roberts, the ring announcer, uh, hit a swanton, missed uh, onto the table. You know they go in back and forth into the match. You know him, Sammy hitting these running knees. The the last one he hit on Lethal, like Lethal sold excellently. And then we Sammy hit a GTH, the go to hell to get the win. Inner Circle come out and they embrace Sammy and they also embrace Jay Lethal. And it was a fun match and it was a great way to end Dynamite. This was a fun episode of AEW Dynamite. AW Full Gear was a fun fucking time. I loved it. Uh, just they're the best, man. They they just truly, truly are the best company in professional wrestling right now. And I don't give a fuck what you tell me, dude. I don't care what I don't care what you tell me, dude. AEW is the best. I don't know why I just went to a Hulk Hogan impression, but but uh, but yeah, uh, it was a really, really fun, fun time. And um, oh no. 
Oh, no. Um, well, as I'm doing this, this is um, this is live right now. Well, this isn't live or anything. Apparently, we're getting reports that wrestlers have been released. Here we go again. Oh, man. Well, had I started earlier, I would have covered this, and this would have been the breaking story of the podcast. But evidently not. Jesus Christ. Well, here we go again. I was going to go into my Survivor Series predictions and kind of you know, wrap the podcast up in a little bit, but guess not. So Sean Ross Sapp is, is uh, a Fightful Select is reporting that WWE have released John Morrison, the rest of Hit Row, Top Dalla, Ashante Adonis, Isaiah Swerve Scott, Tegan Knox, Drake Maverick, Shane Thorne, and Jackson Riker. Well, out of all of those, I guess Jackson Riker's not so bad. He's a bit of a prick. Uh, but the rest of those guys and girls, well, girl, Tegan Knox, man, like, what the fuck, dude? Like, you say you want young talent. You say you want young talent. You fucking release all of Hit Row and Tegan Knox? The fuck, man? I know Top Dollar recently apparently got into a bit of a he did video thing where he posted he apparently uh dissed uh gender and uh and uh and shanky or veer whoever the fuck uh, gender's guy is and he was being labeled as racist even though he was defending himself and i don't know all the whole details on that you can go look that up if you want to but that might have played a put a, a play into these wrestlers getting released i'm just like i just put on twitter like i should expect these to happen all the time at this point and uh, Taya Valkyrie uh, put on Twitter and said, stop supporting a company that has zero respect for their talent. You, if you love pro wrestling, spend your money on hundreds of other alternatives. This is wrong. Ethically, as employers, they don't care about us, talent or fans. And you know what? She's absolutely fucking right. This is ridiculous. This is absolutely ridiculous. I, I, I'm just... <sighs> I just, oh man, I'm, I'm just, I'm just ashamed. Uh, I just, I mean, John Morrison just came back. He just came back to WWE earlier this year, and Denise Salcedo of Instant Culture tweeted out saying, "Out of all the NXT North American champions, we have had between 2020 and 2021." Four of them have been released. Keith Lee, Leon Ruff, Bronson Reed, and now Isaiah Swerve Scott. Holy shit. Oh my god. And I'm and I got to think about this. I really have to think about this right now. Uh, is is the only c- current former NXT champion NXT uh, NXT uh, North American champion is is that Johnny Gargano? Is he the only one that's that's employed with the company right now? Well, actually, no. It's uh, okay. No, a lot of the people. I'm forgetting Roderick Strong. I'm forgetting Damian Priest. I'm forgetting uh, uh, Ricochet. Guys like that. So okay, but let's see here. There, how many? Are, no, there's been Adam Cole, Ricochet, Johnny Gargano, Velveteen Dream, Roderick Strong, Keith Lee, Damian Priest, uh, Leon Ruff. Bronson Reed and Isaiah Isaiah Swerve Scott, 
and Carmelo Hayes. That's 10 NXT North American champions right there, including the current one. And half of them are no longer, more than half, I should say, are no longer in the company due to different various reasons. Man, I just... Hit Row, man. They they released B-Fab last week, and say what you want about her in-ring style, but the the group had it, man. They had the star power. You know, I... I had talked on the Making Kayfabe podcast with Bryce, my good buddies Bryce and Dylan. Um, we talked about the first batches of releases earlier this year where, where the Iconics and Samoa Joe was in the discussion. And, you know, uh, Bryce had, uh, we, me and Bryce had kind of made a similar point to like, you know, even though the now Jesse McKay, former Billy Kay, uh, she may have not been the best in ring worker, but she is charismatic as fuck. Uh, she's funny. She's got great comedic timing. You know, she uh, she's got charisma for days, and B Fab had charisma as well. And now all of Hit Row is gone. Uh, you know, I'm I'm especially disappointed for Isaiah Swerve Scott. I mean, he's a young guy, and he'll definitely find work in other places. But Tegan Knox, I'm just I'm sad about. You know, I love Tegan Knox. Uh, they really really dropped the ball on her. I guess they're gonna think that she's injury prone. Uh. John Morrison, man. John fucking Morrison. Like, you bring him... Like, this is this is the thing with WWE. They bring these guys in, or they call these guys up, and they're just like, you know, they give them all this shit material, and they just like, oh, well, I don't get why that they're not getting over. How come they're not getting over? And then it's like you give them shit material, and they don't get over, and you're like, oh, well, it just didn't work out. They weren't good enough. No, you're giving them shit material. And John Morrison made the best of the material that he was given. You know, the Johnny Drip Drip stuff. Like, he did the best of what he could with that. There were moments where it pop me sometimes with the with his stuff but and, and it's like no it's like oh no no he's not good enough whatever they release him and his fucking wife you know I, i'm sure he's like i'm if i was him i'd be done with this fucking company and uh you know uh, uh, drake maverick as well he got released a while you know in the first uh, those first big batches of releases and now he's back on the list again oh man but uh, but apparently he's he's not uh, he's not you know crying about it like last time he's he's getting on the ho- on the fucking horse and he's gonna be you know promoting himself because he put up a promo on Twitter using the original video. I didn't get to watch the whole thing because this literally just happened, but that's what I'm seeing. Jackson Riker though is a long time fucking coming. You know, you know supporting Donald Trump in the time in the heights of the uh, the Black Lives Matter uh, uh, protests and movement and all that. You know. Um, like the like when you know it was reported that he sent out the police to send uh whether it be tear gas or not tear gas but like just like those smoke bombs whatever they were you know to people who were just literally they like don't get me wrong there are you know the the I'm gonna get a tad bit political but not every protest or whatever you see is not necessarily a quote-unquote peaceful protest and I you have to kind of look outside of that not everything is is like that okay uh but it will say you know in that particular time that those people weren't doing anything and then Donald Trump uh you know they get the the SWAT team and the police to get those people out of there and they're beating up people beating up people and and reporters as well 
I remember specifically because there was someone reporting on the scene and then uh, someone with a nightstick just started beating up the uh, the uh, cameraman and the uh, the reporter. To where Donald Trump comes out and grabs a Bible from his daughter's purse and he is posing with it in front of the church. And I'm like, you, you can't say that's not correlated at all. And then this jerk-off Jackson Rikers is like, I support you, Donald Trump. You're doing a great job. And it's just like, it's he's a cocksucker. He really is. Uh, Jackson Riker. So I'm not I'm not upset about him, but everybody else, it's look all these guys and Tegan Knox, you know they're they're all very talented except Jackson Riker. He sucks. Um, all of them except Jackson Riker. Fuck Jackson Riker. Uh, they all uh, will find good good work, especially John Morrison and Isaiah Swerve Scott and and Tegan Knox. I think Tegan Knox she would be a tremendous addition to the AW women's women's division. Just to add more to that roster, because I really don't think people, I don't think we, I think we only got a taste of what she can do, and I think she can do absolutely more. So, would have started with this with the biggest news story, but unfortunately, right in the middle of me recording this, actually, you know, it's good that I that I discovered this to uh, while I was doing the podcast, because this wouldn't be on the episode the next uh, the morning you hear this. So there you go. I guess. Because now I'm kind of in a downer of a mood. Let's get over with these fucking Survivor Series goddamn fucking predictions. But I will I will check Twitter one more time in my, in my time that I'm recording this to make sure that nobody else was released. I just want to be sure that no one else was released. Uh, you know, just seeing uh, as far as I can see, the last thing that Sean Ross Sapp tweeted is that uh, he was sending his love to the released talent. Uh, so, uh, yeah, let's take a look here. Okay. Actually, the last thing he tweeted was, uh, because <laughs> Mia Yim re- quote tweeted his, uh, his tweet about, uh, the talent being released and she just shows a scene from Harold and Kumar go to White Castle, uh, where the guy, I can't remember his name, uh, Anthony, Anthony something. And he just makes you want to burn this motherfucker down to the ground. Come on, Boogie, let's burn this motherfucker to the ground. They're destroying everything. If you've seen Harold and Kumar go to White Castle, you know what I'm talking about. I'm like, <laughs> this fucking made me laugh so much. Um, so, uh, as uh, yeah, it's it's sad, man. It's it's really really sad. But um, you know, these guys will find work, and it'll be all right. Props to Sean Ross Sapp for being really on top of all this shit, doing a really really great job. Um. I just want to get into these fucking Survivor Series predictions and get this fucking over with because I've just had it, man. I've just had it with this fucking company. I'll do the predictions and see and see. Let's let's see what we fucking do. First of all, no one gives a fuck about Survivor Series. No one fucking cares. No one fucking cares that Survivor Series is happening. They don't care Survivor Series is happening, and it's just a goddamn fucking shame. So Xavier Woods brought up a really great point that between the men's Survivor Series teams, that the winning team, sh- uh, the losing winning team, should both be faced off in five in a fatal five way match, and it should be an elimination fatal five way match, where whoever gets pinned is the order to go in the numbers twenty five through thirty and the numbers one through five. So if Team Raw wins, then Seth Rollins, Finn Balor, Kevin Owens, Bobby Lashley, and Austin Theory should be in a uh, fatal five way match. Elimination match, and if it goes Theory, Lashley, Owens, Balor, and Rollins in that order of who gets pinned and eliminated, eliminated, then then it would be Theory, Lashley, Owens, Balor, and Rollins at 25, 26, 27, 28, 29, 
Uh, sorry, uh, 26, uh, 25, 26, 27, 28, 20, 26 through, uh, you get the point. You get the point. You, you, you get what I'm trying to say. And that's a great idea that Xavier Woods has, but it's so it makes so much sense that WWE won't do it. So let's just kick things off. Uh, we got Damian Priest, the U.S. champion, versus Shinsuke Nakamura with his buddy Rick Boogs. Uh, Damian Priest, because they don't fucking care. Shinsuke is the U.S. champion. RK Bro versus the Usos, uh, champion versus champion. I'm going to say RK Bro. Uh, Big E versus Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns because Big E's not... Uh, Roman's not losing ever. Uh, who the hell knows when he's winning. Team Raw versus Team SmackDown for the women. The Raw teams consisting of Bianca Belair, Rhea Ripley, Liv Morgan, Carmella, and Queen Zelina versus SmackDown consisting of Shayna, uh, Shayna Baszler, Sasha Banks, Shotzi, not so Blackheart, Natalia, and now Tony Storm who's replacing Aaliyah. Uh, Aaliyah was put in the match only to be taken out of the match for no fucking reason. Uh, and then Tony Storm is in it. Don't get me wrong. Tony Storm's better, and I like Tony Storm. I like Aaliyah, too. Don't get, uh, but, but you know, no qualifying match or whatever. Who the fuck knows? Is Tony a heel? Who who knows at this point? Uh, and then Team Raw versus Team SmackDown for the men. Uh, actually, I didn't get my prediction for the women. Um, I don't know. I don't care. I'm going to go Team SmackDown. Uh, sure, Team SmackDown. Uh, for the men, Rollins versus Balor versus Owens. Uh, sorry, Rollins, Balor, Owens, Lashley, and Austin Theory uh, versus Drew, Jeff Hardy, King Woods, Happy Corbin, and a to-be-determined member. Um, I don't know, but I guess I'll go with with Team Raw. Why not? Who cares? Um, and then the only match that has any intrigue, well. Yeah, the that says the the most intrigue I should say is Becky Lynch, the Raw Women's Champion versus Charlotte Flair, the SmackDown Women's Champion. With all the shit going on with Charlotte and and Becky happening with these these interviews and and these uh, these you know backstage reports, you know the 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 title swap incident, uh, you know Charlotte kind of saying how like you know like I'm just someone I'm, I'm basically interview I'm protecting my spot. If this was any other man, they you know they'd say oh that I had balls to do, I have big balls to do what I'm doing, I might be praised because I'm a woman, I'm not being praised, I don't know what the fuck's going on, and and Becky replies to her saying, this behavior is not called for in our industry, man or woman. I think a lot of this probably did stem from real life issue, and I think now they're starting to really play up, play it up, so it is a bit of a, a bit of a work shoot, but um, I'm going to go with, um, I'm going to go with Becky Lynch here, uh, I don't know why. I don't really care, but that's that is Survivor Series, my Survivor Series predictions, and I'm just gonna end the podcast on there. I start off on a real high, you know. Start off on a real, really fun, fun way to start this episode, and now, poof, poof, fucking good mood gone. Fuck you. Oh god damn it. All right. Well, anyway, guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Not Another Wrestling Podcast. Uh, you can follow us here on Twitter at TNAWP and on Instagram at the Not Another Wrestling Podcast. You can follow me on on Twitter at CJ underscore twelve fourteen. You can follow me on Instagram at CJ underscore twelve ninety three. Please be sure to listen to us on your favorite podcast that would be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, Google Play, Stitcher, uh, anywhere you can find us. Anchor TV. Uh, I believe we are still on there. Uh, anywhere you can find uh, our our podcast format. Leave us a five star review and share it. Download it. 
subscribe. Tell your friends about it. Uh, let us know what you think. Are you are you excited for Survivor Series? Because I'm fucking not. I don't think you are either. Did you enjoy AEW Full Gear if you saw it? Are you excited about Hangman Page being the world champion? Of course you are. Uh, what do you think about Daniel uh, Brian Danielson? I should say he's not Daniel Bryan anymore. Brian Danielson's heel turn now that he's a heel. I'm I'm fucking loving it so far. He had a great heel run as the uh, the the new Daniel Bryan when he was heel champion. So I think this would be even better. Um, what did you think about that? The whole story's going to AEW. What are your thoughts on the most recent uh, recent WWE releases? Uh, let us know at TNAWP on Twitter. And thank you all so much for listening to this episode of the Not Another Wrestling Podcast. I have been CJ Palmasano, and I will see you all next time.